Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. Today, I get to bring you guys a message from our Christmas series. As you know, we have this beautiful nativity scene behind us, and we've been slowly adding to it. The first week, we had Pastor Mike, and he actually talked about the dragon that is in our nativity scene. And I'm sure some of you went home and checked your nativity scene. There's probably not a dragon in it. Um, But Pastor Mike did a great job of explaining the dragon in the nativity scene. And if you missed it or would like to get caught up on it, I do encourage you to go watch it to get a better understanding of what the dragon is doing in our nativity scene. You can find it online or on YouTube. I encourage you to go watch it if you've been following through our Christmas series. And last week, we had Pastor Trevor who talked about the stepdad in our nativity scene. He talked all about families and about Joseph and how Joseph stepped up into the life of Jesus. Um, And he finished off by encouraging us to make Jesus the king of our hearts this Christmas time. I'm sure you've already been looking at the TV scene behind you, trying to figure out what's new on it this week as we've been adding pieces to it and pieces to it. And I'm sure you've noticed that there are essential oils in our nativity scene today. A lot of time around Christmas time, essential oils end up under the tree or in our stockings as a gift. Um, But today they're not under the tree or wrapped up as a secret. They're right here for us in our nativity scene. Let's pray together. God, thank you for today. Thank you that we get to be here learning about you, diving into your word, God. Thank you that you are with us in this presence, that that we get to celebrate you this time of year specifically, God, and that that today as we take a look at these essential oils in our nativity scene and what this means for us today, God, may you just continue to keep our hearts and minds and souls and ears open today to hear your word, God, to hear you speak to us. I pray that you use me today, God, that you speak through me and we get to hear you today. All glory to you. In your name we pray, amen. We're eight days till Christmas, seven days till Christmas Eve, which means people are typically deep, deep, deep into the Christmas traditions already. Um, That could be a wide range of things. For some of us, it's certain movies. I'm sure everybody has a favorite Christmas movie here. Um, We watch my favorite Christmas movie every year on Christmas Eve, Christmas with the Cranks, which I love. So if you're going on holidays this Christmas, come talk to me, Um, because maybe you are the Cranks this Christmas. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and then for some of us, maybe it's specific snacks. My favorite Christmas snack is Christmas crack. Has anybody had Christmas? Can I see a show of hands if anyone's had Christmas crack before? I love, I love crack around Christmas time. Um, this is the first Christmas that I'm not going home to be with my family. And my mom makes me Christmas crack every year. So Chantille, my wife, actually learned how to make Christmas crack for me this year since I was going to be missing out. So I finished off her whole batch, and the next day, my mom's batch showed up in the mail. So, so I actually got to double up this Christmas, which was nice. They're both asking whose is better, and I think I should just not say anything. Is that a good, yeah. I think people agree with that. I'm keeping quiet on that one. Thank you. <laughs> but a tradition that pretty much everybody takes part in is the idea of gift giving. Shopping for people, giving gifts to people, receiving gifts back. We all love this part of Christmas. It's a special part of Christmas. Now, I'm sure certain people love the gift-giving part of it, and I'm sure some people start to feel anxious when it comes to the gift-giving side of things. I'm sure some people relate to me as well, that sometimes at Christmas time, I start to feel this anxiousness around gifts, but it's not actually the idea of giving somebody a gift that makes me anxious. It's opening my gifts in front of people that make me anxious. 
I'm not very good at reacting to a gift. So even if I love the gift, I don't think I'm gonna give you much confidence that I love the gift. I, I kind of always look like I don't like it, which I'm trying to get better at. Um, during COVID, there was a long stretch of about six or seven months where Chantilla and I didn't get to see each other at all. And I was very busy. I was working 90 hours a week at the time. Um, and she, so I wanted her to fly to me to come visit me and she, she hadn't come and I was, I, was, um, I was missing her a lot. So I wanted her to come see me. And then one day after work, my, my mom wanted to take a picture of me for some reason and I was not having it. I was not happy that day. Um, and as I, my picture was being taken, it was actually a video because Chantille surprised me and she jumped up behind me and she had flown to Winnipeg. And that should be a great moment for me. And in the moment, I, I was very happy, but I didn't react very good. I'm not good at reacting. So I don't want that video ever to be shown. I don't know where it is. I think it's gone, hopefully. I just looked at her and said, no. <laughs> and what I was trying to say was, there's no way you're here. I can't believe you're here. I'm very happy. But there's a lot of people watching me. And I just said, no, that my wife had surprised me. And so I'm trying to get better at reacting to certain things because right now, one of the most selfish things I feel is that every year at Christmas time, I would just love to take all my gifts and go alone in a room and open them all up by myself, which I'm sure some of you relate to that, but that's a very selfish thing, so of course I won't do that. For some, the stress is the actual giving of a gift. You want people to like the gift that you give. You want people to enjoy it and like it and use it. And as I spent time this Christmas time looking at the nativity scene, looking at all the things that take place in it, there's these people named the wise men in our nativity scene who actually give a Christmas gift, the first Christmas gift, to Jesus. And I started thinking about how much pressure I would feel if I were to give a gift to Jesus at Christmas time. What would I give Jesus? In today's message, we're going to be looking at the wise men and the gifts that they brought to Jesus, these gifts which are the essential oils doing in our nativity scene. Now, how can we learn from the gifts that they gave Jesus, and what gift can we give Jesus for Christmas? We read about the, the wise men in Matthew 2, 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. <clears throat> this Christmas story is one that we've heard for years, ever since we were young children. And 
If you ever look at the Christmas story, especially when it's depicted for young children, these wise men are very interesting looking people. They're dressed in lots of gold and jewelry and fancy big hats and these outfits that make them look like they're quite important people, and it's because they are. They look extravagant. The wise men are these interesting people, and they actually originally originated from the Medes, which were an ancient Iranian people who lived within these six tribes. And eventually these six tribes split up, and the wise men were one of the tribes. They were known as the Magi, and they were the religious leaders at the time. The word magi comes from a Greek word, magos, which means wise, where we get wise men. And they were very wise. They were specifically gifted and experts in fields of astrology and interpreting dreams and prophecy. And these wise men that followed the star in the sky, as we know that they were experts in astrology, it led them to Jesus. But there was more that led them to Jesus on this day because there was a character in the Bible who played a major role with the wise men, and his name is Daniel. Daniel actually plays a major role with the wise men. In Daniel 1, 17 to 21, we read this. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could now understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked to them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Meshach, Rechach, and Abednego, as their names were changed to. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found these men ten times better than all the original magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. So we see here that God has gifted Daniel with a specific gift. He's gifted Daniel with knowledge and the ability to interpret these dreams. And there was a specific dream that the king was struggling with, a specific dream that the king had become upset with. And in Daniel 2, 11 to 12, we read this. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except for God. And he does not live here among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he actually ordered the execution of all the wise men in Babylon. So there was a dream that could not be interpreted and it upset the king to the point that he was ready to just say, well, wise men, this is your job to interpret dreams and if you can't do it, you're gone. And he was gonna execute all of the wise men. But God had given Daniel this special gift for a special reason and Daniel stepped up and actually used the gift that Jesus had given him in the right way. Daniel was able to go to the king and interpret this dream before the king had even told him what the dream was. The king was so impressed with Daniel that we see in Daniel 2.48, it says this. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position, lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all the wise men. So we go from the wise men about to be executed because they can't do what God can do. But luckily for them, God is actually working through Daniel and has given Daniel this specific gift. And because Daniel is working the gift that Jesus gave him, the wise men are not executed, but they are actually continuing to do their job under the leadership of Daniel led by God. Because of the wise men had seen Daniel interpret this dream, he had become quite the hero to them, someone that they looked up to because they were the experts at this. If you were the expert at something and you couldn't do something and then the other person came along and did it way better than you and you're supposed to be the one who does that, you're going to be pretty impressed with that person. So these wise men looked up to Daniel. Now, of course, Daniel was gone long, long, long before the birth of Jesus. 
Um, so the wise men who had actually traveled to Bethlehem and met Jesus as a baby would not have been the wise men that knew Daniel at the time. But Daniel had become quite the legend and the story was passed down through generations and generations. So these wise men most definitely had heard of, Jesus, of, of Daniel before. How could the story not get passed down? As the leader of the wise men, Daniel, he interpreted dreams that the wise men couldn't. He was interpreting dreams before the dreams were even shared to him. The wise men heard these stories and couldn't help but look up to him. This is a man who got thrown into the lion's den for, for praying to God and who came out of the lion's den without a scratch on his head. They looked up to him as they heard this story. We, we read earlier Daniel had three friends and those three friends were put in a fiery furnace and came out without any burns at all. This story was passed down. The wise men have heard this story. Daniel prophesied over and over again and his prophecies had come true. They were accurate. So these wise men who cared about dreams and prophecies are hearing about this man who's done all of these things and who, whose all of his prophecies have come true over time. Daniel was a legend whose prophecies they specifically believed in very much. But Daniel had another prophecy that had not yet happened yet, and this is the birth of the Messiah. So because of what God had done through Daniel a long time before Jesus was born, this story had been passed down, and these wise men knew that there was this prophecy of the Messiah coming, and because it had come through Daniel, this legend they had heard about, they were confident in the fact that the Messiah was coming. God was using Daniel, and God had his fingerprints in this situation way before Jesus was even born. So when the wise men who study the astrology saw the star in the sky, they knew that the king was here because of the star, but also because of their belief in Daniel and his prophecies. And the wise men started traveling to go see Jesus after they'd seen the star. And the wise men, when they showed up to gift Jesus and see Jesus, they didn't actually hand him a diffuser and some essential oils, but they did have gifts for him. And there's two important things to these gifts. There's a meaning for every single gift, and then there's an overarching meaning for what these gifts meant to Jesus. So the wise men brought three gifts, and as they present them to Jesus, we know, most of us know these three gifts, but the first gift was gold. This gift of gold is perfect for a baby. What baby doesn't want some gold on Christmas time? I don't know how many people are, have a baby who's having a first Christmas this year. I don't think many people are buying the baby gold. But that's what these wise men brought. They brought gold for baby Jesus. Why did they bring gold? Well, they brought gold because at this moment in time, a gift of gold would have signified his kingship. This would have been recognizing that even as a baby, these wise men knew this is the king of kings. They gave him gold. This is good news because we know that on this day, even as a baby, a king was born. The king of all kings was born on this day. Like Trevor put an emphasis on last week, even the wise men recognized him, baby, recognized him as a king when he was a baby. So we need to recognize him as king of our hearts. Now the second gift was frankincense. In this time, frankincense would have been used as something that they would burn in the temples as an offering to God. So the wise men giving him frankincense were recognizing his deity, recognizing that although fully man, this was fully God. Even as a baby, even as a baby, in a manger, they are recognizing him as king and as fully God. Then the last gift given was myrrh. Now this is specifically a weird gift to give to a baby. At this time, myrrh would have been kind of like a bombing oil at funerals. Why would you give that to a baby? I, I don't know. But the reason they're giving myrrh to baby Jesus is because this is representing death. Representing that this is the Messiah who is going to die for our sins to take our punishment. 
these three gifts are showing that even as a baby, he was king, he was God, and he was going to take our punishment for us. If anything, these gifts were a special acknowledgement of who Jesus was. Now, like we read earlier in Matthew, when these wise men were going to visit the baby Jesus, the King Herod had told them, when you meet the baby, come back to me and let me know that you have found him. And this is because Herod was intimidated by Jesus. And the wise men had a dream and knew this. And the wise men wanted to protect Jesus. So the wise men did not go and let Herod know that they'd found him. But they took a different route back to their country. Herod was killing baby boys at this time, trying to, trying to get rid of him. But it's in this moment that sometimes we actually don't know why people show up in our life. Because when you're reading the Christmas story, when you're seeing the wise men show up, we all know the wise men show up, they bring gifts. But what we don't actually think about sometimes is why did the wise men come? Why did the wise men even show up to bring these gifts? And it's interesting because the way that we can see God's fingerprint happening throughout this story, whether that was in the way he worked through Daniel or the way that he worked through the wise men, why did the wise men show up? Why did someone invite Ali to church? When we look back, we see the way God was working through people in so many ways. Some scholars actually believe that it was the funds from these wealthy gifts that they received that it was the only reason they were even able to escape and flee from King Herod with baby Jesus to protect him. God was working through everything. Now we've looked at the gifts that the disciples gave Jesus and earlier I asked what would we give Jesus? What gift would we present him with? Gift giving at Christmas is commonly an exchange. So before we talk about the gift that we're going to give to Jesus, I think we should recognize and look at all of the gifts Jesus has given us. How about we start with the nativity scene? The birth of Jesus is a special gift given to us. Some people say it's the reason for the season. God on earth, fully man, fully God, is an incredible gift to us. The fact that he came to earth as a baby, grew up as man, and gave his life for us is an incredible gift. After Jesus had risen from the grave and left earth, what did he leave us behind? He left us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit was available to us for us to partner with. We can invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and it could work through us, empower us, encourage us. What an incredible gift from Jesus. All of our unique giftings and talents and skills and even our quirks that we don't always love, these are gifts from Jesus, our individuality. Creation itself is a gift from Jesus. The fact that we're here, the fact that we have loved ones around us, the fact that we breathe is a gift from God. Who thinks it's a gift from God that he made things beautiful for us? We live in an amazing place. We live in the Comox Valley. When you look at the ocean and the mountains, it didn't have to be as beautiful as it is, but God cares about that. What an incredible gift from God that he cared about beauty, that he cared about making a beautiful place for us to live. All of the different spiritual giftings that we can walk in as, as, we, as we enter a life with the Holy Spirit. God gives us gifts of teaching, of hospitality. I'm sure everyone in this room right now can think of somebody who, who has the gift of hospitality in this church, who opens up their home, who opens up safe spaces for people. The gift of teaching that I mentioned, I'm thankful for Pastor Mike and Pastor Laura and how they teach us. Gifts of service. I think of Dale Clares. He's been in the office the last couple of weeks doing lots and lots of construction work for us. He has a gift from God and he's serving the church with it. Gifts of healing, gifts of wisdom. These are all gifts that God has made available to us. We are blessed. 
Jesus dying on the cross is an incredible gift. Forgiving us of our sins, freeing us, making him close and personal with us, making way for us. Eternal life, these are all gifts that Jesus has given us. Jesus has given us more than we could ever imagine. And, and the wise men try their best to do that. The wise men give Jesus their finest gifts. So if the wise men gave Jesus their finest gifts, that means it's up to us to also give Jesus our finest gifts. But the thing is, all of our finest gifts are from Jesus. So I actually think a gift that we can give Jesus is actually a re-gift. We have, who's gotten a re-gift before? It's not always the best, but... This is a good re-gift. We have to be able to give our gifts back to Jesus by growing his kingdom, by stewarding the gifts that he's given us well. A great gift we can give Jesus is to steward the things we have been given. This makes me think of the parable of the talents, the bags of gold. The leader gives five bags to one person. He gives two bags to another. He gives one bag of gold to the other person, and this is all according to their abilities. He goes away for a while. The man with five bags goes to work and makes five more. The man with two bags goes to work and makes two more. The man with one bag wants to protect that bag, so he buries it. The first two men who doubled their bags received good and faithful servant. And because they were able to steward their gift well and use it to produce more, they are going to be entrusted with more. But the man who did nothing did not please the leader, and he actually had his bag of gold removed. Everything is already God's. Everything is already his. So our gift is staying close to him and allowing him to work through us, to take the gifts that he's given us, to use them to grow the kingdom and give them back to him as a re-gift. We talked about Daniel already. What an incredible example Daniel was of somebody who was given this gift by God and used it continued to grow the kingdom, to use his gifts in the right way. Now, in order to steward our gifts wisely, in order to take the gifts that God has given us, use them in the right way to give back to God, we have to be able to, like the wise men who had a gift to give Jesus, what did they do? They didn't drop it off of Canada Post. They got close to Jesus. So like the wise men getting as close as they can, if we have a gift, if we want to be able to present Jesus with our gifts, we have to remain close to him. When we, when we were back in our um, sermon series, Story of God and the Five Trees, it's quite an awesome series that I think has left a big impact on this church and the people who are a part of that series. And when we look at the first tree, when we take a look at the tree of life that we see in the story of God and the five trees, there's a couple things to note with the tree of life. One, this tree of life is in the very center of the garden. Everything surrounds it. It's supposed to be the middle, encompassing all things. So like the garden, we were made to be a certain way. And the garden was creation in its purest form. And creation was made to be fully dependent on God. So if we want to be able to receive the gifts of God, if we want to be able to act through those gifts of God and give back to the kingdom by stewarding things well and using our gifts to grow and advance Jesus' mission... We have to go back to the way we were created to be in the garden, with God at the center of our lives, with the tree of life being the center of our lives, with everything surrounding it. We were not made to 
to be independent people. We were not made to do this on our own because if we were made to do this on our own, we wouldn't have the gifts from God. We wouldn't have all these things from God in our life. But like we've looked at, God and Jesus, we've been blessed with an unbelievable amount of gifts to work with. And in order to work with them, in order to have the Holy Spirit a part of our lives working through us, we need to, like the Garden of Eden, like the Tree of Life, remember that we are fully dependent on him. We have to stay close to him. When the wise men had a gift to give him, where did they go? To Jesus. There's no better place to be than close to Jesus. So I encourage us as we go into this last song, I encourage us to, one, reflect on the gifts that Jesus has given you. Whether that's your unique talents and abilities, whether that's a spiritual gift that you know you have, whether that's the family sitting around you, whether that's the mountains and the ocean that you drove by this morning. Reflect on the gifts we have been given. Now we're gonna give Jesus a specific gift today. Like I said, we can re-gift the abilities that he's given us. We can re-gift all the things he's given us by using them well, by being his hands and feet, by doing the work for him. But there's another gift we can actually give Jesus today. These wise men, when they went to Jesus, I think in the kid's story, we don't really understand how long they traveled to get to Jesus. But the wise men had heard of this prophecy for hundreds of years and they were waiting and waiting for the king to come. And when they finally saw that star in the sky, when they started their journey to go see Jesus, it wasn't a short journey. They traveled for days and days and days and days and days and it was a long journey to get to Jesus. But it was worth it for them because this is the king of kings. This is the savior, the Messiah on earth. This journey was worth it for the wise men and just like us, it can feel like a long journey sometimes. And, I, and the news is, it's going to be a long journey. It's going to continue to feel like a long journey through our whole lives. Our walk with Jesus is a journey. Helping the friends that we know, helping family that we know, helping people that don't know Jesus get to a place with him is a long journey like the wise men took. But we've all had moments where we sit in the presence of God and we say, this journey is worth it over and over again. Everything great that comes with it, everything hard that comes with it, that is a worthy journey journey. I encourage us to keep seeking after Jesus. No matter how much you feel like you have him, we can always have more. We want more of Jesus, so continue to seek after him. Continue to travel towards him. Get close to him like the wise men did. Now, the wise men gave three gifts to Jesus. What was the best gift that the wise men gave to him? Was it the gold that represented him as a king? Was it the frankincense that represented him as God? Was it the myrrh that represented him as somebody who's gonna die on the cross and forgive us of our sins? It actually wasn't any of these physical gifts that they gave to Jesus. That was the best gift that they gave him. But if you remember the story that we shared at the beginning, before the wise men even presented these gifts to Jesus, what did they do? Even as a baby in a manger, they fell down and worshiped him at the feet of Jesus. The best gift the wise men actually gave was their hearts. They recognized him as king and worshiped him with all that they had. Even as a baby in a manger, they knew and worshiped him. They were in the presence of the king. And luckily for us, Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, left this earth, and he is a living God who is everywhere, which means we are in the presence of Jesus today. 
So as the wise men traveled to Jesus and could do nothing except fall to his feet and worship him in his presence, we too can recognize today we are in the presence of Jesus. The greatest gift we can give him is our hearts as we fall and worship at his feet. So as we go into this last song, give Jesus a great gift and worship him. Worship him with everything you have. All of the things that are happy in your life that are going good, those things are easy to bring to the altar and worship. But sometimes things are a little bit harder and that can, be, that can be tough to worship in those moments. But today we recognize that we are in the presence of Jesus and we worship at his feet and give him the gift of our hearts. Will you worship with me today? Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.